Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We had a good time at the rally. Those who watched, I danced with a broom. Mark's not the only one. It's funny because people say, well, you're sacrilegious or, you know, that's whatever. The, the point isn't the stupid broom. The point is your pride needs to be broken. My pride needs to be broken. So I, you know, like Mark was saying, I don't feel like dancing with a broom. I've been there so long, though, people hunt me down. <laughs> Say, what do you mean by that? Well, it's easy for everybody out there to sit and look at one person. And, you know, people will come to me, hey, Johnny, and I won't remember people's names. Because, you know, you got 600 people that know you. Well, forgive me for not memorizing 600 names, you know what I mean? But they recognize me, so it, I know instantly in the service, before I get there, I settle it in my head. Somebody's handing me a fake tree or a broom. Or I'm going to have to do something that's going to humiliate my flesh, but it'll be a demonstration of the spirit to the body, and the body will be helped. Okay? So discipleship and growth spiritually, and we're going to get into this a little bit, talking about the athlete again, but it requires humiliation of your flesh. Humbling of your flesh. And some people, like there are people that refuse to lift their hands during worship because they're afraid of what the person will think next to them. And all it is is fear dominating them. Or you, if it's you. You're just letting fear of a person dominate your expression of love to your Savior. And the days that we're in and continue to walk in, you better get over that fear. Now people say, well, I can't. That's a lie. The scripture says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Your flesh is no more special than mine or anybody else's. And you can dominate it. Because the scripture tells us that each individual is to possess their own vessel. Now, a lot of times in Christianity, we like to remain spiritual babes. We like to develop reasons and excuses why God's word isn't true. And you have to watch out for this because it'll leave you in a place of frustration in your life. It'll leave you in a place of, uh, uh, you'll, be, you'll be frustrated. It's a genuine, uh, it's, a, it's a, a genuine, it's a real feeling that you'll feel. But the reason why is because many times we're not cooperating with the word of God like we should. We're allowing what we feel to dominate us instead of yielding to the spirit of God and making our flesh do what it's supposed to do. Amen? Uh, you, you, you need to realize this about me. Uh, and my testimony. That's how I broke addictions in my life. I didn't do it by feeling. A lot of times people are like, I want the addiction, to, the feeling to go away. The feeling goes away as you obey the word. Your flesh will learn to shut up and sit down. I'm just telling the truth. I'm talking about me. The addictions that I had in my life where my flesh ruled me. It, it doesn't go away. I, I mean, I can lay hands on you. You know, as we've said, until you're bald or, or until your hair grows back. 
And it happens, just so you know. <laughs> I got to tell you the story because you need it. So I have a, a friend of mine who's an evangelist, and he's Native American. And uh, he, uh, he, he's really funny. And he can get away with things, you know, talking to the Native American culture because he's Native American. But he, he has miracles in his meetings. And uh, down at the, at the rally, uh, Jonathan Starks, one night, he's one of the speakers, but he had Gavin, uh, a young man, teenager, follow him around, uh, talking about following Jesus, staying close to Jesus. Well, um, how many are familiar with A.A. A. Allen? How many are familiar with R.W. Schambach? Okay. So this uh, evangelist friend of mine, his name is Francis Enoch, but anyway, he... Uh, he, his dad traveled with A.A. A. Allen or ministered with him and then also ministered with R.W. Schambach. So then he was around these guys, uh, around R.W. Schambach uh, uh, when he was a kid. And he knew, R.W. knew that he was, uh, that uh, Francis was called to the ministry. So what R.W. What Schambach did was in one of his meetings, he said, now, now Francis, I'm going to go pray for all the sick people and you're going to stay right at my hip. You're going to stay right at my hip. And he said, as you do, this miracle anointing will rub off on you, and it'll be in your ministry. Isn't that interesting? So it's the law of contact and transmission. Okay, so I'm not going to get into all that. We'll teach on it sometime. Okay, so how many are aware of the doctrine of laying on of hands? So it's like the doctrine of rubbing the hip. In other words, you're making a contact, and there's a transfer based on the leading of the Holy Spirit and the call of God upon another minister. How many know you can transfer the anointing from it does? How many know mantles don't go to heaven? In other words, Moses didn't need to split the Red Sea in heaven. We need it here, amen? So when Billy Graham went up, his mantle went. Okay. Go study Elijah and Elisha. I'm not teaching on the anointing, bless God. <laughs> I'm trying to tell a story. Okay, so. <laughs> that miracle anointing, yeah, squirrel. So. That miracle anointing got on Francis. Well, he was in a meeting and this guy was bald. And the guy came up for prayer and he wanted his hair back. Now, don't come ask me, okay, because I don't believe this mantle's on me. So, But anyway, he, so the guy came up for prayer and Francis Enoch, the Lord showed, he hit the guy on the head. N nailed him like that, Okay. And, uh, and just went on his way. A year later, he went back, and there was this guy in the crowd that kept looking at him, and he was <laughs> flipping his hair around, you know, like this. He's like, what is wrong with that guy, you know? You know, because hair up there can change your look, you know? So he didn't really recognize. Of course, it had been a year. And after the service, the guy came up. He goes, you know who I am? He's like, no. He said, I'm the guy you prayed for who had no hair. And he had a full thing of hair, full head of hair. My God, that's a miracle. <laughs> I could go a lot of directions right now, but I'm not going to. Anyway, my point in this is this. That's not how you grow spiritually, though. You can't come up here and I'll hit you in the head and you'll be okay. Now, there are times I feel like doing that. <laughs> but that's not spiritual development. Spiritual development comes by you taking teaching and applying it to your life. 
And you need to think of it like weightlifting. Every day you do a rep, you don't realize it, but over time you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's how spiritual growth is. So one of the main things you're going to have to do is quit feeling sorry for yourself about where you're at. Develop a plan and move forward. Amen? Just keep moving forward. And those of you that, I know there's many that are living, you know, the way you should. Stay after it. Don't quit. But every year you'll grow. You'll develop. You'll get stronger. Don't get into, I wish I was further than I am. You are where you are. Come on. Now, we've all done things like this. You could apply this to money. You could apply this to diet. You could apply this to your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your kids. Whatever it is, your in-laws, your outlaws, I don't care. But you are where you are. So what are you going to do to be in a different position one year from now? And then once you get that one-year mark and you complete those goals, what are you going to do to be even further the next year? Because how many know time's ticking? How many know there's no timeouts? How many have noticed since sixth grade till now, the clock has not stopped? It just keeps going. So where you're at, pull the pants up. Cinch them tight if you have to. Move forward. Amen? And I don't mean that to sound callous. I just know that you'll benefit greatly if you just go ahead and do it. Amen? And we'll still lay hands on people. And we'll still believe God with you. And we won't quit you. Don't quit God. Amen? We'll walk in love. And we'll get her all the way where it needs to be. (laughs) Praise God. Well, let's get some truth in here. 2 Timothy Chapter 2, Paul's talking, verse 1, to, to Timothy, and he says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things which you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who are able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hard, hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer, verse 6, must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. How many know the Lord gives us understanding in all things? So we looked at this, and we've talked about this, and we, what we saw previously is we saw in verse 1, where Paul tells Timothy, be strong uh, in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. This was the, w- where we started out at first because this is such an important key because a lot of times when we look at the changes that need to be made in our lives, we get overwhelmed because we don't realize the level of strength that's available. Strengthened, that word be strong, it actually means to be strengthened inwardly and notice that it's in the grace that is to be found in, or that is in Christ Jesus. So if you're born again, it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you, right? Is that correct? So there is an empowerment inside of you to actually walk the way Jesus walked on the earth. Amen. Go ahead and agree with it, whether you think it's so or not, or whether you feel like it's so or not, because it's the truth nonetheless. 
You're not arguing with me if I'm reading a scripture to you and you go, well, I'm not sure about that. But the scripture clearly declares that you can be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? How many of you are thankful God's patient with us about it? He deals with us one thing at a time. Amen? Okay, so I won't judge you where you're at and you don't judge me where I'm at. But we'll go ahead and believe God together and continue to develop that grace within us. And we'll get down the road a few years and go, man, we are doing pretty good. Amen? That, you know, normally that person cutting me off in traffic, my windshield would have got a mouthful, but didn't get anything out of that deal. <laughs> Amen? Because we can, we can be strong in the grace. So say it with me. It's not my power. It's the Lord's power working through my obedience. Amen. So verse 5, the athlete. And let's look at this again. It says this. It says, Paul says, and also, if anyone competes, and the word competes is to engage in the contest. Some people just need to engage in the contest. In athletics, he is not crowned or reward, the reward of victory is what a crown is. So you don't get the reward unless you compete or engage according to the rules. The Amplified says, and if anyone enters competitive games, he is not crowned unless he competes lawfully. The message says, an athlete who refuses to play by the rules will never get anywhere. In the uh, Living Bible, it says, follow the Lord's rules for doing his work, just as an athlete either follows the rules or is disqualified and wins no prize. So Paul, by Holy Spirit, is drawing a connection between the believer fulfilling their call and an athlete. This means that we are to look at our lives in light of these scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to show us what necessary changes are needed to receive our victor's crown. I am not talking about going to heaven here. I'm talking about fulfilling the call of God on earth. And we are all called to be salt and light. Athletes like soldiers have rules and disciplines they must follow in order to succeed. The same is true concerning Christians. We will see that in the new covenant there is a primary truth of walking in the spirit and not in the flesh that is to guide or rule our faith walk. As Christians... The quickest way to disqualify ourselves from victories is to yield to the flesh. It's the quickest way. It's the quickest way. Amen? So what do we see here? Let's go to Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And if you're taking notes, you, and I think I went over this before, you can check, but you can just put in here, lay aside every weight and sin, and run with patience. Hebrews chapter 12. Most people are familiar with this verse. It comes after Hebrews 11, which is the hall of fame of faith, right? You know your name can be in that? I mean, not in this one, but it can be written in heaven. I have a goal of doing that. All right, so Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, it says, we also, since we are surrounded... And that word actually means encompassed or encircled. By so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every what? Weight. Weights are encumbrances or burdens. And the sin, and sin is a failure to hit the mark. In other words, the standard Christ, which so easily ensnares us. And that word ensnares means to prevent or to thwart. It means it's the same idea of being entangled. And let us run with endurance... The race that is set before us. 
the race that, is path, that has a path, that, there's a path that's actually set before us. How many know that path is Jesus? Okay? So we're to run with patience. We're to run with endurance. Endurance is, it's patient endurance. So it's this steady marching forward. Uh, one of the services uh, in uh, Dickinson, one of the uh, people that ministered was talking about uh, that passage of Scripture in Romans that says that the Lord will shortly crush Satan underneath your feet. Sometimes people think, and I actually didn't know what that meant. I'd just been praying about that verse. I was going to go look it up. But this person brought this out. It actually has to do with a military soldier's short steps. In other words, what the, what the Lord is saying, or what the Apostle Paul was saying by revelation was that the Lord will shortly, as you step, crush Satan under your feet. So as we're running with endurance, just like a soldier, what do we need to keep doing? Stepping. You won't lose your stride. How many have worked out before you've ran a long distance? Well, I know all of you ha- probably had to in school, right? Did every, everybody can agree on that? How many know in running a long distance, it hurts at first? And then after a while, what happens? You get into a what? A stride, right? Shortly. Now, I'm not saying you have to take flying leaps of faith, but you should take steps of faith. And if you're going to take proper steps of faith, you have to do what? Lay aside weights and sins. Now, people are going to, you may say, now I may hit some of them that are in your life, I don't know, but a lot of times people are like, give me a laundry list of what's going to happen. But I want to, I want to remind you, 2 Timothy 2.7, where we were just reading, the Lord will reveal to you what you need to do. I hesitate sometimes to give you too much information about what it is, because then people go, yeah, it's probably these seven things that he said. Well, maybe, maybe not. It may be something else where you're in fellowship with the Lord, just like Mark was talking about, and he goes, this, and you go, what? And he goes, this, and you go, what? And he goes, this, and you go, you're right, that's what it is. (laughs) Am I the only one that has had that conversation with the Lord? Okay. We need to lay aside the weights. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 says this. Paul said, do you not know that those who run in a race, uh, those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Now, he's he's talking naturally, but how many know every person in here has a race and you have a prize available? Okay, so he said, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in what? All things. This is verse 25. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for what? An imperishable crown. We need to be temperate in all things. Why? Because we don't want to be loaded down with weights and sins because it affects our stride. It actually affects our conquering ability. Not that it, let me, let me say it like this, because sometimes people get this in their heads, they get a little, uh, the enemy works to mess it up in their heads. I'm not saying God can be diminished in power. God cannot be diminished in power. It is impossible. But he can be diminished in my life in power. Based on my response to his correction and direction. Amen? A lot of times people are praying, I actually heard Keith Moore say this, 
years ago, but he said this. He said, if you're not open to God's correction, he won't bother with direction. Amen? So this is what he's saying to me. He's saying to us right here, we got to be temperate in all things. Now, if you hear that like I did years ago, you think, what are we going to do for fun at all? And you just don't know God yet as well as you should. Amen? And I didn't either. Because the Lord isn't out to kill your fun. How many know he came to give you life and life more abundantly? So anything that he leads you to do is going to lead to what? More life. You know, like, like Mark was saying, he, he came out with no limbs. How many have felt like, whoo, you know, you're walking out like, what happened to you? The Lord pruned me. <laughs> So why, in other words, temperate in all things, why did he do that? So I could grow more, bear more fruit, amen? Bear more fruit. All right, verse 26, getting down to verse 26, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26 says, therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, or that word means to be unsteady, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my what? And bring it into subjection and that word actually means to enslave. Come on, we've talked about this before, right? What is your body good for? Slavery. People are like, no, no, I'm free. Your body's not. Your body has a desire that needs to be put in chains. Amen. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So if, if, if I'm going to run correctly, how many have seen, you know, you, you go to the Olympics, wouldn't it be weird if one of the Olympic people was like running zigzag through all the other lines? Like, do they know? Does this guy know why he's here or she's here? All the other ones are trying to run. Man, they're getting after it. They're in their lane. They're not uncertain about where the finish line is. But one kid, you, you imagine you could put a four-year-old out there with all the other athletes. What do the athletes know? The athletes that have trained for years are headed toward that goal. But what does a four-year-old do? They go, oh, a butterfly. And they run over there. You say, what are you describing? Pastoring. <laughs> Raising children. Go make your bed. You go in there two hours later. They've got a castle of Legos and the bed is a torched mess still. What is that? That's immaturity. What is somebody who doesn't run with consistency toward the prize with understanding of subduing their flesh? It's immaturity. Immature believers are those who let their flesh dominate them. I just put it that simple. You let the desires of your flesh dominate you, whether that be lust or temper. Well, you don't want to mess with me. I got a bad temper. Well, if you're born again, you have self-control and you don't have a bad temper, you're under control. Well, don't meddle, preacher. I'll meddle. Does the Lord meddle with me? I'll meddle with you. <laughs> Amen? In other words, I don't have a right to say, the Lord didn't say, you're a new creation, Sean. You have a bad temper. Come on, I'm lying if I say that. Because I'm not a body, I'm not a flesh. Amen? I'm a spirit and I'm born again. How about you? 
Okay, so people say, well, I messed up in that area. I guess it's all over. No, no, stop that. The Lord, you didn't earn your salvation, and you're not earning it after you get saved. The Lord is going to be more patient with you than anybody in the natural. So just realize he just does not quit. It's that song. He doesn't relent. Amen? So he says here, I don't run with uncertainty. I'm not unsteady. I don't fight and beat the air. How many of you can get a good workout punching nothing? But it's not helping you spiritually. Learn to hit the devil square in the nose. You say, how do I do that? Crucify your flesh. Don't give him anything to work with. And use the word of God as the sword that it is. Use it. Put on the gloves. Uh, Don't even use gloves. Just hit him square with a good solid, you know, (laughs) I don't know if I want to share this. So when I was in junior high, (laughs) ah, all right. Use the brass knuckles of the word. In other words, this is your equalizer. Amen. You're not going to beat him. You're not going to beat the enemy in your power. You know, people are like, oh, I'm so mad at the devil. He does not care. You've got to use the word. He doesn't care how worked up you get in the, in the flesh. He could care less. Anything that I do out of the flesh is just out of my flesh anyway. It's not out of the spirit. But if I stand up in the power of resurrection peace and say, in the name of Jesus, devil, you get your hands off of. Then angels in heaven hear the word of the Lord and they, the fight's on. How many of you know Satan is not going toe-to-toe with Michael and Gabriel and the rest of the angels? The angels that are on our side that are not fallen are anointed by God. They carry the authority and power of God to execute the word of the Lord over our lives. Amen. So we don't fight. We don't beat the air. We don't run around undisciplined in our lives. We bring our body into subjection so that when we preach to others, we don't become disqualified or be a, we're not a poor witness. Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at some of these here. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says, Paul says this, I say then, this is a good athlete right here, walk in the And you will not or you shall not fulfill the what? Do you see two desires there? And now I'm going to read through this and I want you to pay attention. So, verse 17. For the flesh, what? Lusts against the... And the spirit against the... Okay, now I'm going to read this different. For the flesh has a desire against... The Spirit's desire. And the Spirit has a desire against the what? The flesh's desire. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things what? Now watch this. I want to change that word. You do not do the things that your flesh desires. You are not going to get rid of the two desire issue until you get a new body. Amen. But you can learn to dominate the flesh desire by the power. Come on, be strong in the grace that is what? In Christ Jesus. Romans uh, chapter 8, I believe it's verse 13, somewhere in there. But Paul says this, by the power of the Spirit, put to death 
the deeds of the body. In other words, what we just read right here in 1 Corinthians 9, and you don't have to go back there on the screen, just stay where you're at. But he says this, I what? 9.27, I discipline my body. In other words, by the grace of Christ within me, I can dominate my flesh. Therefore, when I run, I run straight. When I box, I hit my mark. When I'm a soldier, I don't get entangled in things that I shouldn't. Why? Because I'm walking in the spirit and not in the I'm not allowing the fleshly desires that are within this natural body to dominate me. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to use my mouth. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to use my expressions. I'm, allow, I'm, 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 making no, I'm making no provision for the flesh. I'm what? I'm putting on the Lord Jesus Christ and making no provision for my flesh. I'm not entangled. I'm not snared. I don't have weights and I don't have sins that are holding me down. You see that? You are on the team if you're saved. You are in the ranks if you're saved. Next week, you'll realize you're a farmer if you're saved. And if you yield to Holy Spirit and obey the boundaries, the rules, the... the, 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 uh, uh, um, The guardrails given to us in the scriptures of the understanding of our nature and our flesh and in our spirit, and you yield and walk in the spirit, your life will change drastically in a year. You know, this is not an infomercial, but how many have seen the infomercials for, you know, it's a workout thing or whatever, and they all promise that you're going to have peace and safety I may have noticed that. Do you ever watch, I, I do this. Do you ever watch a car commercial and go, they're not God? How can they promise that? This is false advertising. I did, it's amazing what tire commercials will sell you. <laughs> it's just amazing what, what the world will put, and then we come and we declare what God will do, and they're like, you can't do that. But you're telling me that a Twix candy bar is going to calm me down. (laughs) You're telling me that salvation is in a vehicle. It's amazing what people spend money on. I did a study on Bentleys. How many have ever looked up Bentleys? I shouldn't say a study. That sounds weird. I'm going to break that down in the Greek. <laughs> but I did, a, I, I watched this uh, deal, like a, like a documentary on Bentleys. And at one point, they built a car, and it was going to be, it was their best car, and I can't remember what it was called. But anyway, it's a $13 million car. Don't tell me there's no money, because they sell them. It took them four years to build the car. There were no time limits and no money restrictions on it. All, they, all this group came together to do was just dream. That's it. And so they built this car. Well, in the process of this, you know, they're going through all these famous people that own Bentleys, and not all of them are that expensive. I think their base model, though, is over $300,000. <clears> so most people don't own a house that's over $300,000. But this is the car. And they, it's amazing what they would do in these cars. One guy had... 
one guy gave the car dealership a bag of diamonds. They crushed them and sprayed them into the paint. <laughs> I think it's so funny to watch people respond. I'm looking at that and I'm going, wow. Part of the, your deal in your car is you get LED lights in the roof. One person had the exact star makeup put in the, in the roof the day they were, of the day they were born and where they were born. One person had their DNA. <laughs> they had their DNA, I guess if you got this much money, they had a, the, the, the copy of their DNA in gold across the dash. So it was their DNA, it was their whatever you call that, the chain thing. Yeah, that thing. <clears throat> One person had their car painted from the three different reds of their Irish setter. They literally took hair from the Irish setter and took it and matched paint to it. Man, you care about your dog. Now, I will say this that car was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty. In other words, I don't know where I was going with all this, but you need to be disciplined when you go pick out your Bentley. <laughs> no, if they're going to put so much time and effort into something that's going to turn into a pile of rust, how much can we put towards uh, being an athlete for the Lord? Amen? And you're not going for a, it's better than a $13 million. We're going to get into eternity and go, yeah, who does really care about what we just went through? That's exactly what Paul said. He said, none of this is to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. And the most precious thing in all the planet will be with us, those that we led to the Lord. Amen? Vehicles, stuff like that, none of that stuff will matter. You know, I've said it before and I want to say it again and I'm just going to stop right here because we need to be done. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you have more stuff than me, if you have more money than me, if you have a bigger house, more cars, whatever it is, congratulations, your pile of ash will be bigger than mine at the return of the Lord. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the 30-plus people that gave their heart to the Lord this last year in this church, they will be forever with us. Those that were baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire will be forever with us. The 60-plus thousand dollars that we gave, come on, as a church, into ministries, we saw souls saved, disciples made an increase, people baptized in the Holy Spirit. They will be with us. Besides that, I'd rather have a chariot of fire than a Bentley any day. We're going to be riding around, and people are going to go, how do you get your chariot to do that? It's the glory, touch it. <laughs> I mean... Amen? I'd rather just do whatever the Lord wants. And I'm not, you know, I don't care what you guys 
you know, if you have nice things, good for you. Praise the Lord. Enjoy them. I don't, it doesn't, none of that matters to me. None of it does. None of it does. But soul saved? See, and I'm sure you're the same way, but the older I get, I realize how short this thing is. When, I'm in six, when I was in sixth grade looking at the clock going, it only moved five minutes. <laughs> God, get me out of here. And now you're like, it's already been five minutes. You know, it's like been two hours already. I mean, no time speeds up. It feels like it does anyway. Why don't you stand? It doesn't, it can feel like it speeds up. But we have eternity. I'm so excited for eternity. You say, are you going tomorrow? No, I won't go until I'm done. I have to finish. Come on, say it with me like Paul did. I will finish my race. I will complete my course. Now, sometimes people say, well, I already messed it up. Well, let me say this. If you have a pulse, you still have the ability to do what God has asked you to do. People say, well, I messed up plan A, B, C. God's got plan A through Z. So the only thing that will stop you from doing what God is wanting you to do is if you stop. People say, well, I'm behind in the race. We'll start running. Well, I'm not going to catch. Don't worry about catching somebody else. Just do what God has asked you to do. Amen. Don't be afraid. Just go for it. People say, well, I messed up all these other times. So what? Forget about them and move forward. I don't feel worthy. You're not worthy because you feel it. You're worthy because he said it. And you believed in what he said. Right? When we've done all we can to stand, we crumble, fall over, cry, and wish God would come back. We what? Stand there for. Stand there for. Come on, stand there for. I'm going to run this race all the way to the end. I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to get all the way done, and I'm going to hear the Lord say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I'm going to control my flesh. I'm going to keep growing spiritually. I'm going to trust in the grace of God. I'm not going to try to earn my salvation. I won't work for it, but I will work from it. And I will not quit until I see the finished work. As long as I'm drawing breath, I have a chance to believe God. Amen. How many of you need to learn to out talk the devil? You just need to talk him into the grave. Talk him out of your room. When things come against you, you need to stand up and go, go ahead, blabber. But I'm trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'll be strong, therefore, in the what? 
grace that is in Christ Jesus. And devil, you can talk all you want, and I may feel what you're saying, but I'm not going to roll over. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back off. I'm, as long as i got a heartbeat, as long as I keep moving on this earth, I'm going to keep declaring to you, you lost, you're losing. You're a loser. Like Jesse Duplantis said, you should just remind him of the pit that he's headed to. When he comes around, you just go pit, 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 pit. Lake of fire, lake of fire. It's going to be hot down there. Instead of bothering me, you might want to figure out ways to get air conditioning in hell because you're going to need it. <laughs> you people say, oh, don't say that to the devil. He might. The devil's already doing something. Go ahead and say it to him because you're secure in your eternity already in Christ Jesus. You've already been delivered from the fear of death and bondage. You've already been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Amen. And his love. Amen. Because <laughs> the Lord is good, right? And his mercy endures for half a day. <laughs> so there's still hope for me and there's still hope for you, right? I'm going to pray here in just a second. But if you need to either rededicate your life to the Lord or you need prayer for anything else, whether it be healing. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit or you have and you haven't prayed in tongues in a while, you need to come let these prayer ministers pray with you and stir that gift back up. If you haven't given your heart to the Lord, you need to come and talk to them and they'll lead you in that. We'll give you a Bible and new believers packet. If you need the prayer of agreement, the prayer of faith, whatever it is, you need to come and allow them to minister to you if you need that today, because that's what they're there for. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, our hearts are yours. And we're so grateful for your goodness and your mercy. We're thankful for your word. Lord, we purpose not to just be a hearer, but be a doer. Lord, we purpose Father, to subdue our flesh. To not allow weights and sins to knock us off our course. And Lord, if we have in the past, we say forgive us for yielding to the flesh and we move forward in the spirit. We will never quit on you, Lord. We'll keep pursuing you because we know you never quit us. You're always faithful. So we give you the glory for everything today. We give you the honor. And we expect great things in this future of 2021 and in our relationship with you and beyond. We thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com. 